0: Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. The way things are lining up in the world these days, many people are concerned about peace. It's true, we do need peace for troubled times. But things as they are, what does that look like? So today, we're going to talk about peace for troubled times. For centuries, people have yearned for world peace. Wars, conquests, dictatorships, brutalities, and ethnic cleansings. These have robbed Earth's citizens of peace over the centuries. This has been our sad story. People of many centuries and countries have worked hard to establish, re-establish, and secure peace between nations and in their own homeland. The last several decades, it has become popular to openly express the wish for world peace, from presidential candidates, to contest finalists, to the neighbor next door, and probably you. How noteworthy that world peace has been God's agenda from the very beginning. World peace was already in place at the inception of all things. A lot has happened since then. We read concerning headlines from far away and from our own homeland. Where is peace for our troubled times now? Well, enduring these troubled times has almost become a normal day. Still we wonder what's going to happen. Hearts start to fear. Anxiety grows. The yearning for peace is still strong, but we can't guarantee global outcomes. And that leaves people feeling helpless. Earth's citizens also need comfort, justice, and intervention. Why? Well, to simplify, and maybe even oversimplify, life is filled with troubles and trials. People need help, and often they don't have the resources they need as they suffer. So what can be done? We often look to governing bodies to provide these resources. But even resources become scarce when there is no peace. The question still remains, can you have personal peace in these times despite worldwide tensions? There is something available, even in troubled times. Trusting God during global unrest and in personal hardships activates a special provision. It's a gift that steadies your heart. God's peace. The world could use more of that right now, don't you think? God's peace is a result of His grace. That wonderful universal constant. Grace makes peace possible even in a broken world. The eternal principles that God put into motion in the beginning are still applicable, practical, and valuable. We're not limited to governing bodies to provide resources. God gives personally and generously. He gives individually and collectively to anyone who believes Him. His system still works. God's grace is very real. Of course, God uses governments, organizations, and individuals. But He's not limited by them. One day... When Jesus returns, He will make all things right. He will restore peace everywhere like it was in the beginning. But during these troubled times, we yearn for and wait for God's peace even as we receive His grace. Earlier we asked, where is peace for our troubled times now? Let's explore that just a bit. God's grace comforts, it saves, And it rights the wrongs that people suffer, not always in our timing or to our liking. That doesn't negate the power of grace. Even though God is often falsely accused, His name spoken disrespectfully, His character slandered, what's His response? The cross, grace, patience, peace. He is a very generous person. Anyone who trusts God can receive His grace, peace, and His presence despite sufferings. It's available, but only yours if you claim it. So, I am saying that peace is a gift, just what we need for troubled times. Why not trust God for His powerful grace and get peace too? Are you willing to step up and help provide comfort, justice, and intervention for others? What does Jesus say about peace? Well, let's start with this God loves you so much. And Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. John 14, verse 27. Jesus is addressing the state of your heart. He doesn't want your heart to be troubled. He's also addressing your enemy, fear, with a guarantee that you can overcome it. In all the tangled issues people must navigate each day, God is patient and faithful. He takes your hand, if you are willing, and walks you through confusion, injustices, and troubles. God helps you. He refreshes your soul and renews your spirit, even if issues have not yet been made right. You can have peace. Why not accept God's peace in the middle of your difficulties? Embrace His peace now. It's a faith choice, not a feeling. Believe that He will make all things right, if not now, then one day. God sees your troubles. The scriptures say in Psalm 34 verse 18 that He is close to the brokenhearted and saves all those who are crushed in spirit. God promises to pay back everyone who works against you as you stay close to Him. Plant yourself deep in God's heart of grace by simple faith and you will find peace. Justice comes in His timing. God wants you to come close to Him, and He wants to be close to you. Check out James 4, verse 8. I want to talk about an excellent resource that we recently published, the Peace Hand. The simple tool of your very own hand helps you grab onto peace quickly. Just ask yourself five questions by assigning one question to each of your five fingers. This is such a practical way to renew your peace. Let's look briefly at those five questions from the peace hand. Number one, is God able? This is the question that you affiliate with your little finger, tiny Tim. You ask yourself some questions, and then you need to answer them honestly. Here are some questions you could ask. In my current situation, is God able to bring about His good? Another one is, am I willing to let His good look differently than I had in my mind? How about this one? Does God have solutions for my situation? Or, can I truly expect His interventions and help? Is His strength and provision enough in my situation? What about His miracles and promises? Do they actually work? So those are questions that can go along to help you come to terms with the question, Is God able? The second question is, Does God know? And that question you connect with your number four finger, Reuben Ring. It's important and comforting that a loving God knows and deeply cares about each individual life circumstance. Still, you must ask more questions to get answers for you. Does God know? Here are a couple of questions, four of them. Is God aware of my suffering? Number two, can he see me struggling? Three, can he see that I'm at my wit's end and I don't know what to do next or where to turn? Four, what does it matter that he sees what I cannot? When you answer those questions, it will help you to come to terms with the question, does God know? So we've talked about our little finger, Tiny Tim. We've talked about our number four finger, Reuben Ring. Now it's time to talk about Toby Tall. And the question that goes with him, your middle finger, is, does God care? This question will help you define your theology a bit more. What do you really believe about God and you? More defining questions to reveal defining answers that shape your relationship with God. So here we go. I think we have five. First of all, if God can see and knows what's going on, and if he is able, question number one, why is it not changing? Second, does God even care about what's going on in my life? Third, are the details of my world important to him? Four, am I truly valuable to God? And the final one is, what does that look like from God's perspective? So, those smaller questions help you to come to terms with the question for Toby Tall, your middle tallest finger, does God care? Now it's time to go on to Peter Pointer. The question, Can I trust God, gets paired with your Peter Pointer finger. He's a pretty main guy on your hand, and this is a pretty main question that you must come to terms with if you will ever enjoy God's gift of personal peace. Here are more questions for you to answer. Five more. Number one is, there have been so many others that I thought I could trust, and, well, it didn't turn out very good. How do I know that I can really trust God to do good things in my life? The second one is, do I believe His promises in Scripture and that they're for me? Third, am I willing to take those words that He spoke and apply them to my situation? Number four, do I choose here and now to trust God? And five, is it possible that God could screw my life up? If you can answer those questions, you will come to terms with, The main question of can I trust God and apply that to your Peter pointer finger. And then finally, the fifth question is, am I obeying? That's your Tom Thumb question. If you didn't have a thumb, you would lose your grip pretty quickly. The same for this thumb question. If you don't have this one answered, you will lose your grip in life. Why? Because obedience must follow faith, and faith always follows Jesus, If you want personal peace. So here are a few more really good questions that you need to answer to figure out if you're obeying. First of all, will I obey God even if I can't see and don't understand? Keeping in mind that understanding is not necessary for obedience. The second thing is, to the best of my understanding and ability, am I willing to obey God? Third, have I done all I know to ensure that I am pleasing God in my thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions? And then the fourth question, is it more important to me to please Jesus Christ than to have my life look the way I want it to look? Those questions help you to really come to terms with, am I truly obeying? Well, as always, we have some application questions for you. We've asked lots of questions in today's podcast, but I want to go through these again. And they pretty much match what we have talked about previously. The first question is, do you believe that God is faithful? And the second is, how will you be faithful back? The third question is, what action steps will you take to align your thoughts, words, attitudes, and actions with His peace? And then fourth, are you living in God's peace today? Five, are you enjoying His grace even in your sufferings? Number six, what are you doing to pass God's peace and grace to others? And then number seven, which is pretty practical in our communities, and especially in the state of our world today, What practical thing will you do today to help someone who needs resources of comfort, justice, and intervention? I just want to say that some of this material was taken from the Bible study book More Epistles for an I-Generation. It is a great tool covering Paul's letters and it's available on our website for your daily devotional time. The Peace Hand is adapted from Colin McDougall's book models for disciple makers this is brenda with alive and active life you've been listening to brenda wolf with alive and active life visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org your web-based home for resources including books and e-books libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.